What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? This is your boy Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and we are here for another installment of Overthinking MTG, the show where I look at a random card from Magic's history and talk about it for 10 minutes. Um, I always point that out at the top because I want new listeners to know the reason that I'm going on about the card that I'm looking at is because, well, I've established a time limit for, for, for myself, and so no matter what we're looking at, you're going to get 10 minutes of content on it regardless. So if you're wondering, man, why is this guy going on and on about this piece of draft chaff? That's why, because I decided I was going to do that at the beginning, and I have not seen these previously. So, all right, here we go. I'm on Gatherer, and let's go ahead and click the View Card button. All right, Mystic Compass. This is an artifact from Alliances. Um, I have actually never seen this before, so uh, full disclosure there. So it is an artifact that costs two, and the text... Let's go ahead and... I'm going to read the, the Oracle text first, because I'm assuming that it's different on the... Uh, I'm assuming that they're different because of the age. So I'm going to start with the Oracle text. So here's how we would play today. Mystic Compass, artifact for two, um, colorless, because it's old school artifact. On the, the card, it's pay one, tap it, target land becomes the basic land type of your choice until end of turn. Oh, okay. And it's an uncommon. And it has the flavor text, and I say north is where I want to be. Jaya Ballard, Task Mage. Oh, that's kind of nice. It's it's a lovely kind of sentiment. Um, and for a compass, that makes sense. And so it's a magical compass that can allow its wielder to draw mana from wherever it's pointing of whatever color they want. Or is it that it actually changes the land itself? Um, I don't know. Either way, that's interesting. That That's, that's a unique twist. Um, also, the artwork looks very much like some kind of makeup um, compact. That's the word, right? Compact? Um, sorry, I'm a dude. I, I don't know these things. I'm a dude who has very rarely worn makeup. I'm going to go ahead and leave it at that and let your imagination fill in the blanks. But it looks very much like some kind of odd makeup compact. Um so let's go ahead and read the, the text as it was originally printed in Alliances. Actually, it looks like this was actually a reprint. Um, it had originally been printed in 6th edition. Also, was an uncommon. And uh, Oh, and art by Amy Weber, the same person who, if I'm not mistaken, did the Disenchant art that we talked about back in Episode 1. That's kind of interesting. Um, so the way that it reads on the card itself is pay one tap, target mana-producing land, becomes a basic land type of your choice until end of turn. Huh. That is an interesting distinction. So now, with the way that it reads in the Oracle text, you can turn any land into the basic land type of your choice. But it, with the original wording, you could only target mana-producing lands. That is really interesting. So lands like Baz uh, Bazaar of Baghdad, or what are some other good examples? Um, there, anyway, there, there were a lot of lands back in the day that did not tap for mana that had some other effect on them. And the idea was if you were willing to sacrifice your mana acceleration to get that effect onto the board, and they usually involved some type of mana to tap, um, uh, the idea was that you could sacrifice... Well, and, and some of these still exist today, to be fair. Um, I believe Strip Mine... Does strip my tap for mana? I don't remember. Um, and I'm sure somebody would call me out if I got that wrong. So I'll just go ahead and leave it at, I think strip mine is an example. So anyway, but there are a number of lands that don't tap for mana and instead do something else. And so in the with the original wording, 
those would not be viable targets. But with the updated wording, they absolutely are. So that's interesting. Well, what else? And oh, so the flavor text. So Jaya Ballard is a task mage who, you know, I don't really know much about the lore to be fair, but I do know, or I have heard some criticism. Um, and actually the, the, the first thing that comes to mind is actually Tolarian Community College. If you haven't checked out that channel, just, you know, well, once this video is done, go check that out because um, they do a great job. But they have a series called Office Hours and he does an Office Hours with Chandra where he points out that Chandra is basically just an updated version of Jaya Ballard. You know, she's kind of the ultimate Jaya Ballard, um, you know, because Jaya was kind of the original flame mage that kind of didn't take crap. And here we have, in this card, we have that situation where she's saying that she's going to go north. That's where she wants to be. That's where she's going to go. And when she gets there, the land is going to tap for whatever mana she wants. It's probably going to be red. Just a guess. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So this is a cool little card. You know, it costs two for one, so it's not really viable. And the fact that or it costs two for this ability, and you still have to pay one and tap. So any kind of mana fixing that you're getting out of it is really lame. You're not going to be able to do much with it because, frankly... You just, there isn't, um, you know, turning a plains into an island, for example, on your side so that you have access to blue mana. You can do that, but you have to pay a mana and then also pay the upfront cost of two in order to do that. So mana fixing wise, it's not very good. It's it's not the most efficient way to do it. There, there are better ways to do this. In fact, the first thing that comes to mind is a card called Dream Thrush, which, which I'm actually running right now in one of my commander decks. Um, it is a 1-1 bird for one blue and a colorless. Now, obviously, you can only use it if you're running blue. Uh, but it has the ability of uh, tap. Just tap. You don't have to pay one. Just tap. Target land becomes the basic land type of your choice until end of turn. And there are a lot of things you can do with that. So I mentioned the one which is mana fixing. So in this case, you have to kind of decelerate your mana acceleration in order to fix it. You know, you have to pay one to fix fix your mana. So that sucks. You know, there, and again, there are better ways to do it. You know, things like Chromatic Lantern come to mind. Not to mention the Shock Lands, uh, the Fetch Lands, all that stuff. Hell, I'd rather have a Terramorphic Expanse or an Evolving Wilds in my deck rather than this, personally. Um, and I think most people would, which is why this card actually has really low community rating, despite it being around for a long time. Well, and the reason that I mentioned Dream Thrush is, yeah, you can just tap it. And with that, you can leverage a couple of other things. Now, that deck that I'm running it in is actually a Eureko commander deck. And if you're not familiar, Eureko the Tiger Shadow is all about dealing combat damage and um, using... It's all about attacking with creatures that cannot be blocked and being able to ninja in other creatures, you know, get, get ninjas into the battlefield. And so the idea of it being on a 1-1 flyer is really handy and useful in that regard. But I also have creatures in there with uh, Swamp Walk and Island Walk. And so being able to tap and turn my opponent's lands into whatever kind I need to make my own things unblockable is really handy. That's the other benefit of this. The other thing that it can do is target land becomes becomes the basic land type of your choice until end of turn. Now, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to go ahead and scroll down and see if there's a ruling that addresses this. If I'm not mistaken, that means that you can target your opponent's thespian stage or your opponent's... Um, you know, well, strip mine uh, that we mentioned previously, field of ruin, field of the dead, and you can turn those lands into planes or an island or a waste if you really want to be a dick. Um, 
you know, the, those are all things you can do instead of giving them all of these crazy abilities. You can just remove them. So you, you can basically remove them from the game until end of turn and just turn them into a just a basic normal land that doesn't do anything. And that can be really handy. Um, also, if you're running against decks that are uh, leveraging things like Urborg, where the basic land has a static ability that re- that just impacts the entire board, this can just totally shut it down for a turn. That's kind of handy. But there are other effects that can do this more consistently and better. And if the main goal, the main benefit that you want to get out of this is hosing your opponent's non-basic lands, you'd be better off running a lot of those other options. Now, the, the, all the, the ones that come to mind right now are primarily in blue, probably because blue has a ton of island walk effects, not to mention all of the old sea monsters that all had, I believe Island Home was the name of that ability, where if you didn't control an island, you had to sacrifice them, and they could only attack if your opponent controlled an island, you know, because they're underwater, so they can only travel underwater. Flavorfully, it makes sense. Um, realistically, in the course of the game, it really sucked, and it was a huge pain in the butt. But you had a cards like this that could turn your opponent's stuff into islands that allowed all of your sea monsters to swing, which flavorfully is kind of fun because it's this idea of, you know, a hydromancer pushing the seas forward and their army going with them. It's kind of fun. It's kind of neat when you think about it. So, yeah, you had abilities like this. You had Dream Thrush, as I previously mentioned. There's also an enchantment from Onslaught called Seas Claim, which just turns a creature or turns a land into an island permanently and it's, it's an enchantment you just drop it on it and boom that thing is now an island yes your urborg is now an island deal with it so you know those things are out there and those are going to give you those effects just more consistently more reasonably and at just more efficiently it's just th- this is just not a great um not a great cost but that actually touches on another fact where in the past it was really clear that the intention behind colorless artifacts, or just artifacts as they used to be known, the intention behind them is to provide effects that are useful for everybody, but usually only certain colors have access to. So something like this, where you're modifying a basic land type, that's very blue or sometimes black, as we mentioned with Urborg. So it's one of those effects that you really only see on that little slice of the color pie. But if you're running another type of deck, and be useful, well, here you have an opportunity to take advantage of it. It costs a little bit more, but anybody can use it. And so with that versatility comes a slightly increased cost. So if you're running the if you're running the colors that can do it in other more efficient ways, you will never choose this. But if you wanted this effect for some reason, let's say you're running um, a bunch of white things that have planeswalk for some reason. Uh, there's a, uh, what is it? A, um, there's a uh, there, there's a creature that comes to mind right now. It's escaping me. Uh, I think it's a wildebeest or is it a goat? Anyway, anyway, um, there, there's a, there are a lot of creatures out there that with planeswalk or forest walk that are primarily in, on that slice on that slice of the color pie, which is the exact opposite of the black blue, which is the one that's tinkering with land types generally. So if you're running something like that, where you have some effects that grant forest walk or that kind of thing, something that gives all your elves forest walk, for example, uh, and you really just want to be able to turn one of your opponent's things into a forest, no matter what they're running, this would give that to you. You know, you'd have that uh, that option in a way that you usually don't. So that's not bad. All right, and uh, unfortunately, there are no rulings on this. So yeah, the the thing is, the the land becomes yeah, it becomes the basic land type of your choice. So, 
I guess I'm not sure exactly how this how this would work. I assume it becomes that exclusively. So if you want, um, actually, you know what? It says basic land type. That means that it gains the type, but it presumably would not lose the other abilities because the Oracle text does not spell that out specifically. So maybe it's not a way to hose your opponent's non-basic lands. Maybe it's a way of just adding another color on top of it, which becomes significantly less valuable. I don't know. That's interesting. I'm surprised that that's never come up and there's not a ruling on that, but say la vie. That is what it is. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for hanging out. This has been a lot of fun. So this is also, this has been Mystic Compass. Uh, it was a reprint in Alliances. Apparently it had originally been printed in sixth edition and it's, uh, yeah, interesting. It's, it's good stuff. So thanks so much. I, actually, you know what? Now that I'm looking at it, all the pirate stuff in Ixalan, that would have been a good time for this to make a comeback. I think that, that could have been fun. Oh, well, it doesn't really matter, but it's one of those where it could have been a fun reprint from a time gone by. And if they wanted to add synergies to it, that could have been a cool opportunity. It doesn't really matter. They printed all kinds of stuff in that set that were, was absolutely fantastic, so I'm certainly not besmirching them any means. Just uh, whenever there's any kind of nautical-themed something, compasses are just kind of a go-to flavorful element. Anyway. I was trying to I was trying to get out uh, get out of here and I cut myself off just because the overthinking never stops. Anyway, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. I will be back tomorrow, same bad time, same bad channel. And additionally, I actually stream over on Twitch every morning, uh, every weekday morning, I should say, 5:30 to 6:30 Eastern time if you're in the United States like myself. And that is uh, my morning workout as well as some fun times on Arena where we experiment with some jank and just hang out and have a good time. So I hope everybody is having a fantastic day. I will catch you next time. Later.